everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Magazine, and if you're the kind of guy or gal who takes great pride in how tight you can get your shot groups down at the range, or even if you absolutely suck at getting a tight shot group down at the range, then you're going to love this week's podcast because my good friend Ox is a real badass at not only handgun accuracy from a competition shooter standpoint, but also how to apply those same accuracy secrets to a tactical situation as well. And what's cool is that you're going to get to actually practice some of Ox's training tips while you're listening to the podcast. So... Go dust off old Betsy and get ready for some awesome new techniques that you can play with. Go ahead and check this out now. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, let's face it. It's getting harder and harder to stay practiced and proficient with our firearms these days. I mean, still, some ammo can be hard to find. And even when you can get your hands on it, it's so damn expensive with prices soaring as much as 127% in recent years that it keeps a lot of responsibly armed citizens from hitting the range as often as they should. It's not a good scenario when you get down to the harsh reality that in order for you to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm, it still requires you to make sure those bullets hit your target and stop the threat. So... How can you continue to take your accuracy skills to the next level without having to take out a second mortgage and tap into your kid's college fund? That's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today is a good friend of mine, Ox, who's not only a best-selling author in the firearms industry, but also an accomplished competition shooter who is deadly accurate. Ox, welcome to the program, man. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's always great to have you on. I really love tapping into your expertise in, in tactical firearms training. Listen, everybody, since 2008, Ox has taught more than 10,000 people everything from firearms training tactics to how to survive long-term breakdowns in civil order in urban areas. An avid gun enthusiast and marksman, Ox set out to tackle the common problem among gun owners these days by teaming up with some of the best instructors in the world for developing a level of super accuracy with a firearm while on a shoestring budget. His work culminated with his authoring of a best-selling tactical firearms training guide, and you can find out more about Ox and this program at www.tacticalfirearmstrainingtips.com. Now, Ox, they say that the first rule of shooting is to have a gun. And I know that sounds like a kind of a no-duh moment, but different people may be best suited for different types of guns. So what steps do I need to go through to choose the right gun for me for accurate tactical shooting? That's a great question. And the shortest and best answer is to get your hands on as many different handguns as you can. And what you want to do is you want to run them through a test. You want to grab them with a good firm grip and basically punch the pistol out in front of you like you'd be throwing a punch. And when you punch the pistol out, you want to pick a small target that's 5 to 10 feet away, like a screw on a light switch. And as you try pistols with different grip angles, grip shapes, grip sizes, um, you'll find that some will naturally be aimed at the target when you punch. 
And this is great because what uh, thousands of after-action reports and uh, security videos have shown is that a normal stress response with a handgun is for somebody to punch and pull the trigger. So if you're naturally pointing the firearm at your target when you punch, you're just that much further along. You don't have to think as much about aiming. The, the firearm is going to be aimed for you. Uh, the, the natural relationship between your brain and your hand and the firearm will take care of 90% of the aiming for you. And uh, basically, uh, one big tip on this is if you boxed, fought, or trained to punch in the past and punched with all four knuckles, you'll generally shoot better with 1911s and XDs and other guns with grip angles that are closer to 90 degrees. And conversely, you'll tend to shoot high with a Glock. Now, if you're like me and you train to punch with two knuckles, there's a really good chance that you'll just naturally shoot better with Glocks. But you're not going to know until you put the guns in your hands and punch them out towards the target and see which ones line up naturally for you. And in either case, what whatever platform works best for your hand, once you get proficient with a platform, you can transition to other ones very quickly. But if that initial one that you uh, spend the most time with, that's, that's the most important. That makes a lot of sense, and you don't see a lot of people doing that when they're when they're looking at handguns out at the, out at the counter, you know. So you know, a lot of people really don't even understand how how important that that fit is just for getting accuracy. So that's good. Now, you talk about this in your program, but what is the single biggest mistake even veteran shooters make that stops them from being as accurate as they could be? And what's the best method to fix it? There's a couple of biggies, but the most consistent one is called anticipatory flinch. And what anticipatory flinch is, is when a shooter dips the muzzle of their pistol in anticipation of the shot releasing in an attempt to control the muzzle rise. And the the thought behind it is that if you forcibly control the recoil or the muzzle rise, you can get back on target quicker for your second shot. And in theory, that makes sense. What happens in reality is the the timing has to be absolutely perfect, and it has to be perfect for every single shot in order for it to work. And that just is it's not a human possibility. And so, especially under does, stress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what it does is it kills predictable accuracy. And there's three techniques that'll fix it very quickly. And uh, they all have to do with training the brain to not, uh, to not flinch. Now, uh, you may think, well, if I'm anticipating in an attempt to control the recoil, then I can just decide not to. Well, there's another aspect to this, and that's fear of recoil. And... Uh, a lot of new shooters, especially new shooters who are given a, a 44 Magnum or a 357 Magnum as their first gun to shoot, they are afraid of the gun, and they're afraid of what's going to happen when it goes off, and they flinch in anticipation of the, the fear of pain. So 
what you want to do in these cases is um, use these three techniques. And the first one is dry fire. And um, the second is training with airsoft versions of your real-life pistol. And the third is mixing up live rounds with dummy rounds in your magazines when you're training or in your revolver if you're using a, a revolver. And what dummy rounds are is um, they're plastic or metal bullets that have no gunpowder and no primer, and they're the exact same size as a real bullet, and they feed through your magazine, they feed uh, into the barrel, they extract just like a normal bullet does, and if you're shooting with regular ammo and all of a sudden you come to a dummy round and the muzzle tanks to the ground, then you know that you're flinching. And you get rid of that by repeating it and just consciously not flinching and squeezing all the way through. And in the end, what it does is it comes down to a lot of conscious, high-quality time on the trigger and practicing solid fundamentals and watching your front sight all the way through the trigger press until the shot releases. And if you do that, then you're you're taking the enough of the variables out of the equation that you'll have much more consistent results. Okay, we've been talking with my good friend Ox from TacticalFirearmsTrainingTips.com about how you can better train for super accuracy with your personal defense weapon. And we have a lot more in store for you, including how to train at home for super accuracy, making your training as realistic as possible to prepare you for a life or death gunfight, and concealed carry tips. But first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as one, the three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun-range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight, two, the cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper, three, what coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't, four, and the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range don't place your family safety in the hands of hollywood fairy tales and hearsay claim your free copy of stopping power secrets now now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com and now back to the show okay we're back with ox from tactical firearms training tips.com talking about training with your firearm for tactical super accuracy let's go ahead and jump back into our interview now, Ox, dry firing is a common method for becoming more accurate with your chosen handgun. What is dry firing, and can you walk us through your favorite dry fire technique that will help someone shoot more accurately? I'm glad you asked that, because there's a lot of confusion about dry firing. And dry firing is simply practicing the fundamentals of shooting with your firearm without any live ammunition in the area. And it's... Now, I, I said without any live ammunition in the area. I didn't say without any live ammunition in the gun. And the reason for that is it's incredibly important to clear the entire area of live rounds before dry firing. And ideally even go so far as to lock up any live ammo before starting. Um, 
Now, I'll tell you about my favorite dry fire drill. It's incredibly powerful. What I do is I start by picking a target across a room. And I'll go back to um, something I talk about a lot, which is picking out a screw on a light switch. And what I do is I draw my pistol, aim at that screw on the light switch, and reholster. That part's very simple. Next, I close my eyes, and I keep them close to this whole next part. I present my pistol from the holster, aim where I remember the target being, and uh, as I'm starting to pull the trigger, I open my eyes and see if I'm on target or not. And um, after a few repetitions of this, it's not uncommon to be able to get onto a uh, an 8-inch target at 30 to 40 feet with your eyes shut pretty consistently. And so after I do that, I go into an, what I call an assessment and correction loop and repeat the drill 10 to 20 times, going back and forth between doing it with my eyes open and my eyes shut. And one of the things that you're accomplishing is purposely training your mind to be aware of exactly where your hand is in relation to your eyes and your target. And this is really important because you'll consistently be able to bring up your firearm right into your line of sight. And doing this with your eyes shut goes one step further and forces your mind to use your other senses besides sight so that you'll be able to perform quickly under stress. And what um, what we've seen is that once people start doing this on a regular basis, their ability to pick up a target and have the sight seemingly appear like magic lined up, um, it's it's absolutely phenomenal, and it'll happen at an amazing rate. The flipping back and forth between eyes open and eyes shut is incredibly powerful. Shooting at the range at paper targets is one thing. Firing accurately under the adrenal stress of a real life or death encounter is completely another. So what's your best training advice for developing my shooting accuracy in preparation for a high-intensity adrenalized shootout? Now, I've, I've got to make a disclaimer here that this isn't purely my advice. And the reason I say that is... Um, on something like this, the, the, the core information really needs to come from someone who's been there and done that multiple times successfully. And so what I'm about to say comes from dozens of career operators and door kickers. And they all consistently say that nothing beats having experienced high stress situations to deal with high stress situations. And that makes for an interesting situation because you can't exactly go out and train life or death situations safely or even if you could. It's kind of a a contradiction of terms. Um, So what you need to do is simulate the different aspects of extreme stress situations. And when a person is under extreme stress, two of the things that happen is that their vision narrows and their fine motor skills drop off. And, a lot of times it's to the point where fingers can feel like Vienna sausages and just don't quite work right. So I'm going to tell you three quick techniques for simulating the drop of fine motor skills 
And I want to preface this by saying they're extreme enough that you don't want to do them with a loaded firearm until you reach a pretty high level of proficiency and competency. And the first one is, assuming your doctor says it's safe to do so, get your heart rate up as high as you're comfortable with, and then start trying your firearm manipulation techniques. A couple of ways to do this are running, or um, if you want to just focus on your your arms and getting them to a failure state, one way to do it is to do push-ups to failure, then girl push-ups to failure, and then curls with light weights to failure so that you've got a good pump and so that your arms and hands aren't quite working right and so that your fine motor skills are shot. And one way to evaluate this is if you feel like you can still type or write clearly with your with a pen, then um, you still have your fine motor skills. Now, when you get to the point where your fine motor skills are shot, then you start going through your firearms manipulation drills. The next one is to get a bucket of ice water and stick your hands in it until they hurt. And it doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but it really works well. Uh, then pull them out. If you've still got fine motor skills and feel like you could type or write with a pen, repeat until you don't. Once your fine motor skills are shot, then again, start manipulating your firearm again. Uh, with each of these, you want to be refining your technique so that you have techniques that you can predictably use in high-stress situations when your fine motor skills are shy. And what people quickly find is fancy gun handling goes out the door, and it quickly gets replaced by solid, gross motor fundamentals. And when you do this, you want to work through using your holster, manipulating your safety, uh, you want to clear malfunctions, you want to do reloads, and you want to dry fire until your technique works when your body doesn't want to. And what that's going to do is um, when you go from shooting on a square range against paper to shooting on a two-way range and somebody's actively trying to hurt you and your hands don't work right, they don't work the way that they did on the range when you were shooting paper, it won't be a new experience. You will have already experienced um, a lack of fine motor skills, and it won't be a shock to you. You'll be able to use the same techniques, and you'll be a lot more comfortable. Now, on the vision aspect of it, one of the things that you can do to widen your vision when you're under extreme stress from having your your heart rate shoot through the roof is throw your eyes diagonally. And there's there's not a real good way to explain it um, uh, without seeing it. But uh, the easiest way to explain it is make X's with your eyes. Draw an X by looking uh, to the upper right and then the lower left and then the upper left and the lower right and do it as far to the extremes as you possibly can and do it as fast as you can. And what that'll do is open up your vision when you're under stress from where it might look like you're looking through a paper towel uh, core to a toilet paper core to actually being able to see relatively normally. And it works very quickly, and it's it's an incredible tool. 
Well, some great tactics there. Really, really good stuff. One of the biggest obstacles to handgun accuracy seems to be establishing a solid foundation, going from holstered to sights on target in an aimed fire scenario. What training drill do you have for someone who carries concealed to be able to quickly establish a solid accuracy model from the time that they identify a threat to the point of trigger squeeze? That's a big question, and it's a it's a very, very important one. And at its core, it's all about hardwiring solid fundamentals through high-quality repetition. And But with ammo prices being where they're at and with availability being where they're at, it's so important to have techniques that you can use that don't require live ammo. And in tactical firearms training tips, I detail the exact same dry fire, airsoft, and mental imagery training techniques and physiology that elite combat, law enforcement, and competitive shooters use, even if they have unlimited training time and ammo budgets. And one of the best training aids that you can start using immediately is called slow training. And what you want to do is go through the process of gripping your firearm, clearing your holster, going to high compressed ready, extending the firearm, pressing the trigger, and following through, and then go backwards through the exact same steps. And you want to do this slowly. You want it to take six to ten seconds to go from gripping your pistol through all the steps, reholstering, and then releasing your pistol. The slower and more deliberate and more exact you are, the better it'll work. And you want to repeat this several times exactly the same way, paying attention to your body position and what you're feeling at every point along the way. And what this will do is create a deep groove in your memory, and some call it muscle memory. Uh, the groove is similar to what's on a record. And what it'll be is the automatic sequence of movements that your brain need to execute under stress. And the more exact your repetitions, the better your eventual performance will be. Now, the really cool thing about slow training is that your brain records the sequence of movements. It records the sequence of muscle contractions. But it doesn't record the speed that they happen at. And what this means is and there's, a, there's a misconception that you have to train fast in order to perform fast, and that's just not true at all. Um, if you train slow and train exactly the same way every time, your brain's going to record that sequence of movements, and it'll play it back at whatever speed it needs to, given the situation. Now, if you do 100 repetitions, and they're all different, your brain doesn't know which version to execute under stress, and what it ends up doing is sending out a jumbled mess of signals. And almost everyone is familiar with that, from either sports or shooting or martial arts or or whatever it is, that um, they get under stress, and all of a sudden what they think they knew and may have even done hundreds or thousands of times, just doesn't work. And the reason is the brain doesn't know which track to play. you got to lay down that track exactly the same way every time so that there's no confusion. The brain knows what to do. And so if you train exactly the same way, slowly, slow enough that you can do the repetitions exactly the same way, your brain will have clear instructions. And it'll be able to fire the same sequence of contractions quickly when you're under stress. And that may be 
that may sound too simple, but that is for the concealed handgun holder or the uh, someone who carries a, a firearm concealed on a regular basis. That's really the quickest way to gain fast proficiency and a high level of proficiency. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been a big proponent of the of the slow training for, it. and one of the best analogies that was ever given to me was that, you know, I um I, I like to bike ride, and I live out in the country, and you know, there's lots of country dogs that are just kind of waiting for somebody to to come, you know, riding by on a bicycle so they can chase you down the road, and you know, no matter how slow you might train or how you know how, how slow you might think you are on a bicycle. When when the stress hits and uh, and that dog is hot on your tail, you know you're going to go twice as fast as you ever thought you could, and you're you're not going to miss your repetition on your uh, on your pedals or anything. You're going to be able to do everything that you could do slowly, you know, three to four times as fast. So anybody that you know is is wondering whether slow training will actually work once speed is is applied to it. You know, that's a really good, um, really good example of how your your body will pick up as long as the muscle memory is there. It'll pick up the movement and add speed to it without you even having to think about it. There's some awesome stuff in there. I mean, there's just a, a ton of really great techniques in there. I know everybody's been been copying down notes of what they're going to do. So I really appreciate you taking some time today to to help us deliver better accuracy training out for our listeners. Now, listen, guys, as you can tell. This is um this is really good information whether you just are, are looking for better ways to increase your handgun accuracy and then also just how to keep it super cheap for you so it's a real win-win. And there are a lot more training tips just like this in program. It's a as far as I'm concerned it's a must have. So definitely go over and check out um his book, grab a copy for yourself and and uh and start putting these to really start putting these to practice there's some really great stuff in there so you want to go over and check out his website at www.tacticalfirearmstrainingtips.com until our next broadcast this is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival saying train hard stay safe prepare now This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.